And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, I sure did. I was up in uh, northern Michigan fishing. Uh, it was great. I actually caught uh, the, the biggest walleye I've ever caught in my life, 23-inch walleye. Nice, nice six, six-and-a-half-pound, 23-inch walleye. It was great. And I caught a bunch of other stuff, too. Filled up the freezer with great fishing. Uh, anyway, hopefully you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, I was joined by my friend Ian Hayworth. It's always a great time talking to Ian. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Ian, I need to say hi to our sponsors over at the Aetherverse. Ladies and gentlemen, what you've been seeing on television lately um, with all these people, you know, burning stores down and stealing stuff and killing people and being super racist and doing weird stuff like we saw over the weekend of like kneeling in front of each other and performing these odd religious rituals in public and stuff like that. See, what you're saying is people who are, who are they're just stupid people. And why are they stupid? Because they spend all their time on Netflix watching The Tiger King instead of reading books. Don't be like them. Read more books. It's that, it's that simple. All you have to do to avoid becoming a mindless drone like these idiots you see on your TV every day is read more. And start by picking up The Aetherverse over at theaetherverse.com. It is a brand new libertarian-leaning sci-fi novel by authors Joey D'Urso and Eugene Bryan. I think you guys are really going to like it. Um, The story is more relevant than ever. It makes politics and social satire exciting and fun, mixing ideological debates with awesome stuff like action and space battles. It has something for everyone, political intrigue, war stories, romance, humor, appeals to conservatives and libertarians alike. Uh, Best of all, it is fiercely anti-social justice warrior. I think we need a lot of that right now in our culture. And and also, guys, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. We, we all complain that the left is dominating culture, but we're not willing to put our money where our mouth is. And, and that's just wrong. Okay, Joey and Eugene, they're terrific young uh, libertarian authors. Support their work. Check it out over at theaetherverse.com. That is theaetherverse.com, and you can order it right now on Amazon. I will include the link in the show notes. Guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, and if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. All right. Without further ado, here is my chat with Ian Hayworth. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my friend Ian Hayworth. Ian, my brother, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay, given what everything is going on. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Absolutely, man. Uh, uh, you're obviously welcome here anytime. I'm doing okay. Um, I, I'm uh, you know, just getting back to reality now. I was in northern Michigan fishing all weekend. I left Thursday, didn't get back till yesterday afternoon. So I didn't pay attention to anything um, going on <laughs> in the world when I was gone. So I'm actually probably doing better than most right now but all right to start off the show i i've been catching up on everything uh that's happened the last several days this morning and there's a few things that i just didn't have time to research before the podcast and i i specifically did not click on a couple of these things just so you can enlighten me live on the show uh as to what the heck is going on a couple questions 
that I didn't have time to research. Mm-hmm. First of all, I opened up Twitter this morning, you know, 6 a.m. or so. The number one trending topic on Twitter was Terry Crews, that really jacked black guy <laughs> from those commercials. Anyway, why is Terry Crews trending number one on Twitter? Did he get too jacked or something? I don't think that's possible for Terry Crews. I no. think he just continues gaining muscle mass until we're all somehow absorbed. But I think the reason he, he's trending, I have it up right now. Uh, he tweeted yesterday, defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy. Equality is the truth. Like it or not, we're all in this together. Uh, so that's obviously a thought for anyone with a with a working <laughs> with a working brain. That's that's pretty non-controversial. It's it's the idea that we have to fight these kind of things together. We can't segregate ourselves into racial groups in a fight against racism because that's just racism. That that's he's, just he's that's being, just common sense yeah. though. That's the full st- that's the statement. That's why he's training mm-hmm. number one. So I'm guessing it's the left. That's it. The left does not agree. I think anything that is vaguely common sense or obviously, obviously logically correct is something that the left has grown not to like. And so they are losing their mind over this because they lose their mind over really anything that doesn't involve bending the knee to every single one of their ridiculous demands. All right, just real quick. Read the thing again. Was this a tweet? I'm guessing from Terry Crews. It was a tweet. Okay, so read- defeating white supremacy. Okay. Defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy. Equality is the truth. Like it or not, we are all in this together. Well, that's... I don't know how you can nitpick that. <laughs> I mean, like, what does defeating white supremacy mean? I mean, like, how you can't... How could you, like, defeat white supremacy if white people weren't on board with that? Being that white people are, like, 61% uh, of the country. This is common sense. Think, um, My goodness. For him, probably, <laughs> for him, probably the issue is the use of the word equality. I feel like he's pushing for equality, and I, I think, unfortunately, a lot of the the radical elements of a lot of these movements they don't really want equality. They want political and policy change based on like, like the notion of revenge. Almost equality is not the goal. the The goal is to use historical um, elements and this false sense of systemic racism at every level in America to drive ideology change. And so to call for the goal to be equality goes in the face of that. And so he must be destroyed. I mean, good luck just destroying Terry Crews. He could probably <laughs> single-handedly destroy the entire left while yes. sitting down yes. having dinner. So I, I'm not too worried for him. <laughs> uh, a bunch of people that are incapable of picking up heavy, heavy objects are, uh, are mad at Terry Crews. That's just hilarious. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, one more thing uh, that I didn't mm-hmm. really have. I just I, I I skimmed through a little bit, but I really didn't do a deep dive. So like a bunch of white leftists in their twenties are like bowing down to black people in public and begging for forgiveness for being white. So why are they doing that? <laughs> why? What's what's going on, man? Yeah. This is really weird, dude. I go fishing for a weekend and then, oh my gosh, <laughs> like what, what is wrong with these people? Well, this just seems to be a, a current trend right now of the. The way to prove that you're not racist is to apologize for things you haven't done, apologize for things that members of your race who are not you, you have done in the past in, in the most ridiculous ways. You see politicians right now kneeling to demonstrate their membership of the cause. You see Justin Trudeau, who three seconds ago had three, multiple, three different occasions where he was painting himself black for Halloween. But now that he's kneeling publicly, racism is, is forgiven. And you see, I think these are isolated incidents. I don't think this is a common thread. You see some people 
kneeling and kissing black people's shoes. You see some people kneeling in the street. You see some people wrapping themselves in chains. Oh, I mean, gosh, why? The way, the way to prove you're not racist is to not be racist, not to do these kind of absurd virtue signaling things to prove that you're not racist. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm never going to apologize for something I didn't do. I mean, look, we're both in relationships and we're both religious people. So I'm guessing you and I both spend a lot of time apologizing for things we did do wrong. (laughs) Like Lord knows there's a lot, at least on my end that I have to apologize for all the time because I'm kind of an idiot. Uh, So I just don't have the time to apologize for things I did not do. Well, if anything, it does damage to the existence of actual mistakes and actual errors because you personally like guilt is something you can be, you can have, for your personal actions, but it's it's wrong that these people genuinely feel guilt for things that they have nothing to do with. You can believe that something is wrong, and I feel like the vast majority of us do agree that there are elements of American history and world history that are just abhorrent and continue to be, be abhorrent. But to take that guilt upon yourself is unhealthy and counterproductive. Like I, I am no more guilty of something that even someone in my family did let alone someone who is just connected by nothing other than the color of their skin, than, say, Germans, modern-day Germans are for Nazi Germany. Like, they, they should have zero guilt. You can have shame for what your country has done, for example, but to translate that into personal guilt, it, it makes no, no sense, and people shouldn't feel they have to do so, and certainly not to prove they're not racist. Like, the assumption should be that you're not racist until proven otherwise, not the assumption that you are racist until you tick these ever-changing boxes that the radical left demands these people just need god man these people just need god in there i mean like everybody's religious whether you like it or not everybody worships somebody and like this is just religious behavior like this is just weird mm, cult-like behavior like dude i i bow to the creator of the universe god and his son jesus christ of nazareth and that's about it i i will bow to no one else certainly no mere mortal Okay, it's just not going to happen, brother. Not going to happen for me. And these people, it's like they just they have that, you know, God shaped hole in their heart and they're trying to fill it with this weird woke religion. And it's just like it's just so funny, man. Like these people don't realize how creepy they are. They don't realize how Mm -hmm. ridiculous they look. And also people don't realize that this whole bend the knee culture, you know, whether it's this physically bowing to black people or like you know, kneeling to the mob, you know, bowing down to the mob. It's like, dude, in Game of Thrones, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, everybody who bent the knee still died in horrific fashion. Like, they absolutely (laughs) got wrecked, okay? Like, bending the knee does not save you. Like, they will still come for you. They will still destroy you. Like, I don't... uh, People, I guess, forget that part of Game of Thrones, that everyone dies. Spoiler alert, it's been over for over a year. But everyone dies. (laughs) Everyone dies. I think the only person that didn't die who bent the knee had sex with his aunt. So... It, you're still going to die or have sex with your aunt if, if you bow, okay, if you kneel, if you bend the knee. So just don't do it, ladies and gentlemen. Talking about an amazing set of choices. But I actually, my, my latest column for townhall.com actually talks about this, of the idea of bending the knee and that if you're, if you're, a, if you're Jewish or Christian, the, the very notion of bowing before anyone other than God is... Blasphemous. It really is blasphemous and immoral. And, and I also think it shows disrespect to just the hierarchy of power in our world where to feel the need to bow down to 
this new ideological idol is is really quite terrifying because as you say it's just a new form of religion except with all elements of morality stripped out where it's really about control and it's really about fear like i believe a lot of people are bowing because deep down they are scared of being racist and so this is an easy way to prove you're not and so it's easier just to kind of shrug your shoulders a little bit stand in the background stand behind the mob it's better to be a member of the mob than be attacked by the mob i mean you see this with drew Brees. i think is a great example of he had the audacity to express his own opinion about what the flag means to him what the national anthem means and what kneeling during the national anthem means and he was destroyed on twitter and and then 24 hours later came out and apologized. I mean, the fact that people don't, I mean, I think it's awful he doesn't have a spine, quite frankly. Oh, yeah. But the fact that people will change their principles on something so fundamental as, as for as an example, respecting the flag or their view of respecting the flag, the fact that they're willing just to throw those principles into the trash just to remain safe. Like, as you said, this is basically Game of Thrones in a lot of ways. You will not survive this. You might survive temporarily, but eventually you will not be woke enough. No one is ever woke enough. Eventually they run out of victims. They will eat their own. I think a great example of this, I don't know if you saw this video. During one of the protests, there was this crowd walking along the street rioting. And there were these kind of white frat guys in an apartment oh, right, overlooking right, right. the street. <laughs> they were cheering, thumbs up, and they got rocks thrown through the window. It's like... Thumbs up is effectively the same as as bending the knee, right? right. It's, it's the same thing. It's this, this passive virtue signaling support that you think, oh, I'm sitting separate from these people, but if I show passive support, I'll be safe. And what do they get? They get a rock through their window. Yeah, I, I, so, I was not excited oh. to find out after my uh, fishing trip this weekend that the athletes are back at it again. Um, <laughs> we can talk about the Drew Brees thing. I mean, Drew Brees, like, I, I did listen to the clip of his original statement. He said, I, you know, he supports the protests. He's outraged by the killing of George Floyd, but and then he's like, "Well, you're gonna kneel for the national anthem." The Yahoo Sports guy asked him, and he's like, "No, I I don't agree with kneeling during the national anthem," which is also a, a position supported by like 75% of Americans, by the way. Like, I don't, I I don't. Here's the thing: there's nothing in life I care about less than what an athlete thinks or does or says. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I don't care. As long as Ben Roethlisberger's throwing touchdown passes, I do not care what anybody said. Like, okay, you know the gap in athleticism between me and LeBron James? Like, it's a big gap, right? Like, (laughs) how much better he is at basketball than me? That gap also exists between me and LeBron James when it comes to political commentary. Okay? I can't play small forward for the Lakers. He can't host this podcast because he's an idiot who doesn't know anything about anything. Okay, he hasn't been researching everything, reading every book on history and economics and policy obsessively for 10 years like I have. That's okay. We're all good at different stuff, Ian, because that's how God made us. We're individuals. So I don't care. I don't care what Drew Brees says. I don't care what LeBron James says. I don't care. Like name another conservative athlete. I don't know. Hockey player X. Don't care what he says. I, I don't care what, you know, whoever Colin Kaepernick said. I don't care. Left, right, or center, I don't care. I know more about this shit than they do. That's fine. I'm never going to play quarterback in the NFL. Drew Brees is never going to be a political commentator. That's okay, so I don't care. But, like, here's the thing. It's funny about Brees' apology, right? That didn't do the trick. They still want to kill him. They, you know, Shannon Sharp went on his show on Fox Sports and said he'll never respect Drew Brees again and Drew Brees should retire. Why? But why? Because he said something you disagree with? So I don't know. And then he made a second apology. Maybe the eighth apology. 
Maybe Drew Brees' eighth apology will do the trick, but I'm not holding my breath. Well, firstly, I don't think you should put yourself down. I think you could definitely get on the rosters for the Cavaliers right now. Probably. So you, yeah, got, pro- you're probably you've got, right. Yeah. You've got possibility. It's like Kevin Love and the janitor and the guy who sells <laughs> beer. and yeah, oh, it's, it's terrible, man. But on, on like a more serious note, I think the problem of apologizing is that it's completely lost its value. Like I, I wrote something about this a couple of years ago when Kevin Hart apologized about oh, some yeah. homophobic joke he made. Yep. Apologizing has lost its virtue. It used to be that if you acknowledged your wrongdoing and you genuinely offered an apology, then you would be forgiven by society to some extent or allowed to come back into the fold. Like people would can, would support you. It'd be like, oh, great. They've actually acknowledged their wrongdoing. It takes a lot to apologize publicly. Let's move on. It's completely flipped now where if you apologize, you're opening yourself up. It's basically the same as putting down your, your sword and shield. And so now you've got two options. If you say something, if you say something wrong or you say something that's viewed to be wrong, you either have to stand by it, which is great if your view is right. But then you also get people who just refuse to apologize and are then applauded like that's something good when sometimes people do need to apologize or you apologize. And it's just seen as cowering. Now you're a victim. Now you're someone who can just be hit when necessary. Drew Brees will never escape this. And so the fact that he chose to apologize actually made things worse for him. Because now he's always going to have to apologize. He's always going to have to keep doing the same loop where he has to apologize for his own views and his own patriotism. And I think what I what I hate most about this is, as you say, the way celebrity is given this authority on matters which they know nothing about. Like the idea that Chrissy Teigen is a position of authority on quite literally anything when she has done nothing in her life except marry someone wealthy and basically create a cookbook on the back of that. That, that those are her great lives works good for her she's been successful but that does not mean you have the single slightest clue about policy and the, the way she's now funding rioters to be freed from jail and being applauded for that i mean the world is truly on its head and if we never heard a political thought from a celebrity again i think the world would be a better place quite honestly oh yeah that would be terrific but look if you're listening to this just know that drew Brees has done more for black americans than you have Drew Brees has done more for black Americans mm-hmm. than every moron who posted a black square on Instagram all combined. Drew, I don't know if you've ever been to New Orleans, Ian, but I've been there a bunch of times, and it is a majority black city. And after Hurricane Katrina, Drew Brees rebuilt the city. I mean, he raised and donated hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, he like his foundation did so much to rebuild that community, to rebuild these minority neighborhoods. I mean, Drew Brees mm-hmm. has done more for black people then all of you idiots listening to my words right now combined. Just know that. So if you're going to jump on Drew Brees, you shall. He's done more for black people than every current NFL player combined not named Drew Brees. Okay? I'm being, mm-hmm. I'm being totally serious. I'm not, you know, maybe maybe going back to Jim Brown, right? Or somebody like that. He's done more for the black community than any of these idiots criticizing him. It's just pathetic. Got to move on. Let's, uh... Okay, so the left is now calling to abolish the police. <laughs> That's another. I didn't have that on my bingo card when I was uh, going fishing this weekend. I maybe I should have. But first, before we jump into it, I, as a libertarian, also believe in defunding the police. Not that I like hate cops and think they're all racist or something, but I think that the police should be privatized. Um, actually, I think cops would have more money, would be paid better if they worked for a private company instead of the state. Um, obviously, there would be no more uh, uh, qualified immunity. There'd be no more police unions. Um, 
So mm-hmm. it would be easier to fire bad cops. I mean, good cops would actually be promoted, would be getting raises. Uh, they Private corporations would be, would be able to incentivize good policing, right? <laughs> okay, like private companies would be able to make sure cops weren't enforcing immoral laws. I mean, dude, look. Why can't people just listen to me? If people just listen to us libertarians, like, <laughs> on this topic of criminal justice reform, I literally have all the answers, okay? If you could just do what I say and privatize the cops, literally everything would be better. But it's never going to happen. But obviously, these leftist maniacs aren't calling to defund the police on some, like, moral, principled libertarian level or something like that. They're just idiots who don't want cops so they can just kill people and, and steal things whenever they want, more or less. But but here's the thing. It, it's funny, because these people aren't anti-government or something like that. They're pro-government. They're communists. They, they, they want a totalitarian government. So, like, let, it's not going to happen. But let's say these morons get their way and they abolish the police, right? Immediately, all the rich people would hire private cops, and then the mm-hmm. left would go crazy and say, oh, it's not fair. Only the rich people have police. We need police for all. Guaranteed police for all. <laughs> and then they would just invent police. So, like, in, like, one week, in, in seven days, they would abolish the police Rich people would hire police. The left would demand police for all, government funded. <laughs> and then they would just be right back to exactly where we are right now, all within over or under seven days. These people are just moronic. It's hilarious. They are. They're, they're, they're beyond stupid. I think it's, it's horribly ironic in a, in a very unfortunate way that this whole movement is built on the claim that People don't believe that black lives matter. And yet the left is pushing for policies which would result in the absolute explosion of minority victims. If you want to see more black people die, more Hispanic people die, more people in poor communities die, then get rid of the police. Because a lot of these neighborhoods are kept in some degree, some level of of peace and harmony and law and order because of the police. You take that away with this bizarre promise of leftist utopia. These places will explode because the guns are already there. The violence is already there. Yes. And there are the majority of people who live there live in fear of these people and want to live in peace, but are constantly abandoned by their own local governments to just deal with it. There's this horrendous bigotry of low expectations where these, these neighborhoods just a left to fend for themselves. And it's it's horrendous. And removing law and order completely would be a disaster. Like Minneapolis would just be torn apart from the inside. And, and the victims would be the majority of people who want to live in peace, who want to live with their neighbors, who are just abandoned by their government. So I, I hope to I hope to God, honestly, that this doesn't happen in any way, because the result will be innocent dead people. And this isn't hyperbole. This is just fact. Like Chicago, there's dozens of people killed every week no one cares 27 can you imagine what will happen if you 27 if you, yeah, if you remove 27 if you remove yes 27 sorry to cut you off man but 27 oh no problem 27 people gunned down in chicago in a 72 hour period over the weekend 27 the cops it's just american cops american police officers killed nine unarmed black men in 2019 gangs in chicago killed three times that many in 72 hours and the left are always it's using this phrase of, oh, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. It's like, well, OK, put the gum in your mouth and let's start walking because we can do both of these. We can condemn police brutality in the rare instances that does occur. We can condemn the cases we've seen recently, like 
the George Floyd case. We can condemn and we can change policies. But at the same time, we cannot ignore the ridiculous levels of violence that occurs always in Democrat cities with ridiculous Democrat policies. Please do not, if you claim that black lives matter and yet don't care about the dozens of black lives that are, that are wiped away every week by this violence, then you don't deserve to, to make that claim. And I think this is only used in one direction. Quite often when people bring up Chicago as a response, it's always with the George Floyd's death was bad, but. And something I tweeted about before is like, we should be talking about and here. Yes. Like yes. We, are fully we are fully capable of talking about two issues at once. All of them involve innocent people dying. Like the goal here should be to reduce the number of innocent people dying, yes. not to get our ideology pushed through under the umbrella of emotional turmoil. It's truly horrendous. It's, it's horrible to watch. And it's the, just the racism I've seen. I mean, you've just got back to Twitter. The amount of racism flowing around on Twitter right now is really terrifying. If you want to end racism with racism, it's not going to end well. Well put. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, one more thing before I let you go, man. Have to mention this. Um, the left really has lost their mind. I, right, right before we started recording this podcast, it, it might still be going. They really like hearing themselves speak. But the Democrats, uh, the Democratic leadership in the House is is doing a press conference. They all uh, went to the Capitol building. They kneeled down, and, and they were all wearing like weird like African garb. Super racist, by the way. Um, seeing Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer and all these these and, and Chuck Schumer and all these guys wearing this weird African clothing, it's like, are people really gonna buy this pandering? By the way, like is this really like it's like they're just insulting the the intelligence of every black man and woman in America. It's absolutely pathetic and racist. But um, Steny Hoyer, the House Majority Leader, uh, he called these riots happening uh, happening in in most American cities. Uh, this generation's Boston Tea Party. He said just this this morning, Monday morning, he said this. So if I'm getting that right, Steny Hoyer, the House Majority Leader, is endorsing a declaration of war against the United States government. Am, am I missing something here? <laughs> well, I think he... Uh, I, I don't... I think the problem is is that they want to use the language of war without the consequences of war. So the, the men and women in, in mild politics love to use the language of revolution. They love to use the language of uprising. They love to use the language of, oh, it's just our generation's Boston Tea Party. Because they want to use that as a justification for the actions they are taking, which are actions of war. However, the moment the response comes through, which is, okay, you want to go to war, let's go to war, then they retract very quickly to start talking about, oh, well, it's a matter of protest. It's just a matter of our fundamental right to stand up to the government. Then use, then so use different language, a, because the Boston Tea Party was not a protest. Mm -hmm. And these people, like, it is not wise to use this kind of revolutionary language, because who would side with these communists? I mean, I, I'm a libertarian, man. I can't stand the government. I don't like government at any level, okay? I want the government to be at least 75% smaller than it is now, right? Like, mm. your anarchists mm. want it to be 100% smaller than it is now. I want it to be 75-ish percent smaller. Your, your typical, like, Ben Shapiro conservative wants the government to be 40% smaller than it is right now, right? So, But I'm in that 75% range, right? I would gladly side in a 
hypothetical civil war where the Black Lives Matter tries to overthrow the U.S. government. I would gladly side with the United States federal government, and I hate the federal government, but I would gladly side with the federal government over Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Because under which rule do you get more liberty? <laughs> where, where do you have more liberty? Like the, the government we have now or Antifa and Black Lives Matter? Black Lives Matter is an evil communist organization. Okay, I'm not saying every every person who uses the hashtag Black Lives Matter on Twitter is an evil communist, but Black Lives Matter has called for the end of capitalism. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders has not gone that far. Okay. Okay. So like <laughs> Bernie Sanders is more pro liberty and property rights than Black Lives Matter. Okay, that's how evil and monstrous these people are. I would I would pick up a rifle and stand side by side with the United States federal government against Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Okay, so maybe stop it. Maybe knock it off. Also, they don't believe in guns. They don't have any guns. We're going to throw dildos at us. One side <laughs> has AR-15s. The other, the other has transgender sex toys. Like, what? What are we doing? What are you people, Boston Tea Party? After the Boston Tea Party, the Founding Fathers took on and defeated the largest military the world's ever seen up to that point. Okay, really? That's the language you want to use? Please. Get over yourself. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it's quite it's quite obscene. I mean, the funniest thing in my mind is that the fact that some people still defend Antifa and, oh, it just means you're anti-fascist. Antifa are the most fascistic ideology that exists in the United States right yes. now. Like, the fact that over the weekend, in the weekend there were uh, there were protests and riots even though the UK has a completely different history when it comes to racism and a completely different culture of police. So I'm not really sure what that was about, quite frankly. But they, um, some people defaced the Winston Churchill Memorial. Unbelievable. So, uh, so in, an act of pro- in an act of protesting fascism and protesting racism, you defaced the memorial of the man who is probably in like world history the greatest anti-fascist of all time. Yes and is single-handedly responsible for saving the most lives from one of the worst examples of racism we have ever seen. Yeah. Like, that's where we are right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm alive today because of Winston Churchill. Yeah, yeah. So, so am I. Don't, don't claim so am I, he's, probably. he's a racist. It's just obscene. Yeah, I mean, look, like, not only is there no Britain without Winston Churchill, there's probably no Western civilization. I mean, he, like, he, more, like, if Neville Chamberlain didn't step aside and was the Prime Minister of England during the duration of the Second World War, I don't think any of us are here now. I, I just don't no. think. I, I don't. I, I don't. They, they say Churchill saved the world. If, if you think he's a fascist, you should you should learn about the other guy. <laughs> my, mm-hmm. my, yeah, my goodness. Yeah, the facing of Winston Churchill statue <laughs> in the name of anti-fascism. I mean, it's like, I don't even know what to say, man. I go fishing for a few well, days and the book. whole world falls apart. Right, just read a book, any book. Just educate yourself at all. My goodness. Ian Hayworth, it's always a pleasure, my brother. I'm sure we'll do it again very soon. Uh, where can everybody check out your show, which is fantastic? Uh, where can everybody read your stuff and follow you online and all that? Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to talk. Um, yes, yeah, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My handle is at I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H, so I-G Howarth. Uh, you can find my my podcast, my, it's a video podcast on YouTube or iTunes. It's the Ian Howarth Show. I also have a cool new um, uh, a cool new project I've been working on. It's called the truth in 60 seconds. So the first episode of that is actually coming out today where I take political issues. So my first issue is on is why socialism is bad. And I give a rundown in 60 seconds. So uh, check those out. Hopefully it'll be a good way of debunking 
some of the less narratives on these issues. So please check that out, share it, and give me any suggestions if, you, if there are any topics you'd like me to cover. Absolutely. Everybody check out the show. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Thank you.